All right, guys, uh, we're going to do a weekly Q&A video on our YouTube and for Instagram TV. Go ahead and make sure you hit up the Instagram uh, Q&A thing that we throw up in our stories. We're going to do that on Mondays. So first question, here's what we got. How do you gain weight and maintain it as a college athlete? So gaining weight, maintaining it mostly is done in the kitchen. So first step as a college athlete, you just got to be eating more food. I don't really know what sport you're playing. Uh, if you're playing football, which is most common, I would say um, you're probably not eating enough around your your practices and your weight room, right? It's just so hard to keep up with eating for that in general. So eating more food in and then getting more carbs in around your training time. So you're going to want to go something like sweet potatoes or oatmeal before longer practices. Maybe something like um, bagels with honey on it or little things to help keep your energy up during your workouts and then the other thing is going to be making sure that you recover appropriately which means getting a very protein heavy diet uh at night so think like steaks chicken as much protein as you can get in at night uh to help you recover next question how to recover from bicep tendonitis most of the time you have to assess what the bicep is compensating for so a lot of the time the bicep will get overworked uh, because it is doing more pulling uh, than other muscles should, right? So along with, so this comes from an Olympic weightlifter, so I can kind of get a little bit better of an idea. But a lot of the time this happens because the lats are super weak. And so in your pull, you start pulling with your arms a little too early and that's going to put some stress on the bicep. And then combining that with other accessory work um, that should be for the lats, you might be using your bicep too much. If you can do isometrics in a bent over row and then we'll learn how to relax the bicep during the isometric. So that usually is a great way to start building up strength in the area that it might be compensating for. Um, other exercises that are fantastic for helping deal with this is the bicep opener from StrongFit. Highly re recommend checking that video out and doing that exercise as frequently as possible. And then doing other standard um, recovery protocols like smashing and rolling and um, voodoo floss is another great tool. So try working on that. Uh, next question, when to use a belt and other supports like knee sleeves? Knee sleeves, all right, let's start with those. So I think it's always great to wear knee sleeves. However, I don't think that you need to rely on them. So you can wear them as often as you would like during your training. I don't have a problem with them, uh, but you should not need them to be able to squat. Belt is a little bit different. I feel very strongly about a belt. I think most lifters need to be training without a belt for a lot, a lot of the time. Um, and then rarely use the belt as a way to boost your performance, right? Way too many people rely on the belt to be able to perform at all. Uh, that's not how you should think of yourself as an athlete. You wanna be able to perform all the time and then have other tools like a belt or pre-workout to add to your performance. Uh, so for the most part, clean and jerks and snatches, uh, I highly recommend no belt at all. Snatches, basically never. Clean and jerks, when it starts to get above 80 to 90%, uh, and then strength exercises, I recommend doing all of your warm-ups without a belt. And then if you go over 80%, using a belt from there on. But that's not a hard and fast rule. We have athletes who will push an entire training cycle without a belt. 
so that they can build up the trunk strength to help support the lift. Uh, and then the next cycle, we will start using the belt and they will find that all this time training without a belt has built their abs up to be strong enough to, to support them so that when we throw the belt on, it just increases their performance. All right, next question, is keto good or bad for athletes? First, we have to step back and look at what are fad diets? Think like keto, think paleo, think um, Whole30. Whole30 is not a great example of that. Um, but other fad diets, carb-free, um, all kinds of, uh, what's that? What's the steak one where everybody just eats meat? Carnivore diet. Um, you have to look at what are their main goals of that diet and then try and see if you can backtrack and see if those are your actual goals. So as an athlete, your goal is to perform. There's no other goal there. So if your goal is to perform, then the keto diet may not work for you because the sole goal of the keto diet is to lose weight, right? So why would you take a diet that has a goal of losing weight and then try and make it work for a completely opposite goal, which is to perform? So what I recommend instead is eat for what you're trying to do. So if you're an athlete, you're trying to perform, you need carbs for your workout. So don't do a low carb training program. Like you need carbs to train hard and then have as much protein as possible to recover from how hard you just trained. And then during the day, maybe you can have some fats, but it doesn't need to be fat heavy like keto recommends. It, it, you honestly don't need that much. Instead, just a moderate amount of fats, moderate amount of vegetables throughout the day, maybe a little bit of fruit thrown in there. But on the whole, try and avoid fad diets if you're an athlete. Think what is gonna help you perform the best and feel the best, and then work from there. A little bit simpler of a question coming up next. We've got, how do you find your snatch grip width? Uh, this is interesting because your snatch grip can change throughout your lifting career. So the wider you go on the snatch grip, the more flexibility you will get out of it. So if you are an incredibly unflexible athlete, you will want to go wider at first until you start to get a little bit more mobility, then you can bring your grip in closer, right? The closer you go, the more stable you will be overhead. So if you, if you have really good flexibility but have incredibly weak shoulders, then you're gonna wanna go a little bit closer so that you can create some more stability, right? And then over time, you can add more strength to your shoulders and then if needed, go out back to a little bit wider. So over time, your, your uh, snatch grip width will change and that's okay. Um, it's gonna depend on where you are in the flexibility to stability spectrum. And then the last thing is, no matter where you choose on there, that bar needs to be able to hit hip contact or upper quad contact, uh, depending on limb length ratios and all that. So first is to decide whether you need to get more flexibility or more stability, and then find and adjust your snatch grip to what feels the most comfortable and most right and allows you to lift the most weight uh, correctly, all right? Last question here we've got is what are the recommended supplements when trying to gain muscle? Uh, first of all, all supplements are supplemental to a good diet. So if you are already eating a near perfect diet and you are still trying to gain more muscle, then that's where supplements can come in. Uh, the supplement I recommend the most first is going to be creatine. So creatine helps with, uh, helps with producing more force in the one to five rep range. So that's gonna be for your heavy lifts, right? 
you're not going to you're not going to gain muscle without doing training so you're going to need something to help aid that and that creatine will help with those heavy lifts the second supplement that i recommend is beta alanine uh, beta alanine is really great uh, it's found in most pre-workouts but i i would prefer to take it uh not in a pre-workout form beta alanine is there to help you um reduce the time before the burn sets in on high rep movements. So this means if you're doing a set of 20 on a leg extension and the burn starts to set in at 10, while you're taking beta alanine, that may be pushed to 15 before the burn starts to set in, which means you can use heavier weight and you can push further before you start to reach the pain threshold where you can't mentally push the intensity. And so this means that we can get more work done without it feeling as bad and therefore grow muscle better. And that's basically it. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of taking protein supplements. I know a lot of people recommend the protein supplements. I prefer just to get protein through meals. Um, I haven't really met many people besides people who like truckers or people who are in a car all day long that can't get enough protein in. That's about it. So I would prefer get your protein in through your meals uh, and then not as a supplement. All right. Guys, I really enjoy doing these Q&As. We're going to do these once a week at least, so please hit that, um, hit that Q&A button in our Instagram stories on Mondays. And if you have any other questions, you can always feel free to DM them to me on Instagram. It's at Big Bend Strength and Conditioning. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter, at Ben Strength. And then our last one is on Facebook. Right, We're also on a whole bunch of other platforms, but those are the ones where you'll be able to reach me uh, with questions best. All right? So uh, I will catch you guys later.